Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, about 13 minutes each day, but it's each day, seven days a week, keeping us in God's Word, and that's important for the strength of our faith and our spiritual focus in our life. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. Being in God's Word every day helps keep us focused on a relationship with God, and it helps keep us in a better mindset, a more spiritual mindset to be able to deal with life every day. Help people in your life turn their life around by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. With your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. What a blessing to help somebody grow in their faith and maybe get to heaven, but it will also be a great blessing for you as well. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day, with everybody you can. We're going to finish our line of thought and study. We're talking about laziness. Laziness from a biblical perspective. And hopefully by now, if you've been following along all through this series, you've come to realize, boy, there are a lot of scriptures that talk about laziness in the Bible. A whole lot of scriptures. And it talks about laziness in a very direct, in a very direct and very authoritative and disciplined way. Laziness is ultimately self-destructive. Now, as I've said, I'm not talking about somebody who's worked hard all week and so they say, you know, I need to just kind of kick back and chill today. Put my feet up, maybe watch a ball game, maybe just kind of, you know, read a book or whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. Those are productive people. They work for a living. I'm talking about the person who is just perpetually, consistently lazy, and the scriptures continually teach against that mindset and that practice. We talked about how the Apostle Paul, we really emphasize this, the Apostle Paul in in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6 through 15, he, he condemns laziness. He calls it disorderly conduct. And he tells, he, he tells the congregation there in Thessalonica, he who will not work, let him not eat. Now, we might look at that today from kind of a societal perspective and think, well, that sounds harsh. That sounds unloving, mean. It's not. Because you see, when you support, and I've made this point over and over again through this series, when you support laziness, or rather, when you contribute to laziness, you support a person being lazy. A lot of people right now in our culture, and the number seems to be growing tremendously, they're just plain lazy when it comes to work. They don't want to have to go to a job every day. They want, in whatever way they can figure out, to get other people and so the government's really complying with this in, in some, I think, some self-destructive ways for themselves. They want other people to support them. Now, they may mooch off family members, neighbors, friends, but they certainly they're trying to get whatever the government will hand out. In some cases, the government is handing out incredible sums of money to help people who just don't want to go to work. Well, again, when you support laziness, or rather when you contribute to laziness, you're supporting laziness.
And we're going to finish up our line of study today. And so in instructing the church as to how to minister to widows, the Apostle Paul wrote this, I desire that the younger widows marry, bear children, manage the house, give no opportunity to the adversary to speak reproachfully. 1 Timothy 5 and verse 14. Now, why would Paul give that instruction? Because he wants them to be focused. He wants them to be productive. He said, don't just sit around the house. Younger widows is what he's talking about. Now, we've all known aged widows who are not able to go out and get a job, and so we need to be mindful of their needs. But a young widow, she needs to go ahead and do what she needs to do to take care of her children, to take care of herself. She's got the younger age and the ability physically and the mental capacity to get a job and work for a living. It's sad. It's tragic that she lost her husband. But Paul says, don't sit in idleness. Get to work. Do what you need to do to provide for yourself and your children. One reason for this instruction was Paul's assessment that younger widows who stay single are just they stay single, they don't try to focus on on moving on, they tend toward idleness. In verse 13, he says, and besides, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies, saying things which they ought not. Again, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 13. Now, look at this, this particular description of what Paul lays out here and just apply it to lazy people in general, not to a young widow who just lost her husband. You know, I I used to know a young lady. She was, I think, around 28 or so, and she was on her third husband. And you might say, well, that sounds like our culture right now, moving from man to man or woman to woman. No, no. Her first two husbands both died. One, I believe, in Vietnam, and the other one, I believe, in a motorcycle accident. But she was married to her third husband, and she, and she was she was doing the work of a wife, raising her children and being a, being a wife, doing the work around the house. She was not idle. But think about the person just in general, the perspective of a lazy person. Paul's saying laziness contributes to idleness. Laziness contributes to a person becoming a busybody having mindsets that are non-productive and, in fact, maybe counterproductive and even self-destructive. Gossips, busybodies, getting into mischief, getting into trouble, maybe even getting into physical altercations because they are lazy. They've got too much time on their hands. They're not focused in a positive and productive direction in life. Idleness leaves a person with a great deal of time in which to get into trouble, trouble of various kinds. And Paul specifically noted the greater opportunity for young, younger widows, or let's just say younger folks who are of the age that, and the physical ability and the mental capacity that they could work for a living, but they're just plain lazy. And so they get into trouble of various kinds. Gossips, busybodies, trouble, causing problems in other relationships. When a person is busy being productive, he doesn't have as much time to become involved in such ungodliness. The blessing of speech is powerful. 
both to do good and evil. Idleness, by its nature, gives great opportunity for the devil to move into a person's life and tempt that person to become involved in idle chatter, gossip, tail-bearing, bearing, lying, deception, and so on. Well, so what's the answer for us who care about people who are struggling? Well, maybe they're not really struggling. They're just struggling to find somebody else to give them some more money. What's the answer for a lazy person? How do we deal with that person? We've all heard that term, tough love. Love and compassion desire to help the needy. And we are very compassionate people in this country. And we very compassionate people within the Lord's church. We want to provide for the poor when that's proper and we have the ability to do that. But there's a difference between a person who is poor due to overwhelming circumstances in their lives that they have no control over in comparison to a person who's poor just because he's lazy and will not work, will not be productive, will not earn his own living. The Proverbs repeatedly admonish that the rod of correction is needed to bring an undisciplined person into a proper lifestyle. Read Proverbs 22 and verse 15, 23 verses 13 and 14, 29 and verse 15. Sometimes the rod of of correction is simply the refusal to continue to support and encourage a person in his self-destructive lifestyle of laziness. At some point, and that point has to be determined on an individual basis, but at some point, love has to get tough enough to say, I love you too much to help you continue in a self-destructive lifestyle of laziness and idleness. Well, isn't that what we ultimately have to do with someone we really love who is caught up in the addictions of illegal drugs or alcoholism? We watch that person spiral downward, their life becoming more and more dysfunctional, they becoming more and more nonproductive, and their family becoming more and more upset? Well, do we give them money to buy the booze, to buy the drugs? We try to help them, don't we? At least that's what we should do. But not help them by supporting them in their addictions, but to help them find the way to come out of that and put that lifestyle behind them. To recover. That's a great word, recover. There are a whole lot of lazy people who need to recover from their laziness. That is another self-destructive lifestyle. We need to love them, but we need to love them enough to let them know lovingly, patiently, but pointedly, I won't help you continue down this self-destructive pathway through life. I will help you find a job. I will support you in your work, but I won't pay 
for you to stay lazy. Tough love. We'd like to help you. And maybe you know somebody who needs to hear these lessons. Share them with them. If you know somebody, or maybe you yourself, would like to study God's Word, you can contact us through our website at churchofchristchurchofchrist.com. Click in the email link and contact us that way. Or you can phone us at 402-498-8397. We'd be glad to talk with you, pray with you, study with you. We'd be glad to send you a free Bible study through the postal mail. All you have to do is ask. We want to help. Please, let's pray together. Father, give us your guidance, your wisdom, your direction. Help us to see our need to live productive lives, to work for a living, and to help those around us whom we love who might be living a self-destructive, lazy lifestyle. Guide us to help them see that error in their lives and help them to come out of that. And we pray for souls, Father, and we pray for their souls and our souls. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.